Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing on this first Friday of September? It's so good to be with you. It feels like Monday, not Friday. Uh, To you, it feels like Friday. It's okay. I hope you have a good weekend, and I pray that we have a good hour together. And you are welcome to call in. Our our dearest brother James is with us. You are welcome to call in this entire hour. I'm going to continue with Dr. Morkohler's summary title on the psychological Psychology of totalitarianism, that's easy for you to say, but you are welcome to call in anytime, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, I know we had some people we were not able to get to yesterday, but um, we will get to you today. Just call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. It does not have to be our topic um, or anything we are speaking about. I'm in Monica's house, and she just brought me water. She's such an angel, that Monica. Um, Okay. Um, Let me just see. Okay, I have a. I'm going to start with one email because this email's been here a while, um, and it's from Tracy. And then I'll go to our article, and then James could bring up the other emails. But Tracy's been waiting a while, and she says, "Mother Miriam, I just recently began listening to your show each morning as I get ready for my day, and it has become such a beautiful addition to my routine. I'm so glad, Tracy." blessed be God she says thank you for providing the spiritual nourishment and clear teaching that is so badly needed right now my question involves the response that some corporations have had since Roe v. Wade Wade was overturned I have watched in horror as more and more large corporations are now paying for their employees to travel to obtain abortions Um, Tracy I have followed that with the same horror, and so have many of our listeners. Um, She said, my family and I began boycotting these companies and switching to others that were not promoting this policy. Unfortunately, the list continues to grow. And there are some industries where there does not seem to be an alternative to select from. For example, both Microsoft and Apple have these pro-death policies in place. What are we, as faithful pro-life Catholics, supposed to do when products are needed, but there does not appear to be a life-affirming company available to purchase them from? Thank you so much for any assistance that you can provide to help clarify this issue, Tracy. Tracy, dear one, we've actually answered this twice before because more and more people are asking this question, understandably and rightly so. 
um, I think there's coming a time shortly where we're not going to be able to purchase anything from anybody unless we have the chip or we're not even going to be able to use um, computers and phones and all of that. It's not going to be tomorrow, but it could be this year. So um, things are coming. The evil is, is blanketing us extremely quickly to control the population of the world to kill off a good percentage of us so they can control the rest and then through artificial intelligence to um, um, to alter the rest. You know, I, I wa- watched Flash Gordon as a child at all science fiction. We loved it, but I tell you, it was... It, it's old now. It's not science fiction anymore. It happened, and it's 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 outdated already. Um, so much that's coming upon us through the minds that God created, uh, being used for evil. So Tracy, I just say, I'm not boycotting anyone myself. It's not. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer to this. If you feel it's wrong, just don't purchase the products. It is wrong, but. I'm here I am. I'm using their computer. I'm using Microsoft. I'm using uh, I get on an airline that supports abortion, all of that. I mean, you uh, I, we are living in a corrupt society. So I'm not letting it I mean, if I don't have to stand online in a religious habit on Starbucks, I won't do it <clears throat> because I won't purchase anything from Starbucks. That's not a necessity. Uh, it's not even near a necessity and there are plenty of other stores around in an airport or anywhere else that have coffee even if it, it's it's not as good to our taste so um, some choices are quite easy even if they involve little sacrifices but others are not as you're saying and Tracy I would just go ahead and live your life and buy what you can and prepare for all that's coming um, I, I would not boycott those companies because, as you say, the, the list is growing, and it's, it's simply awful. And the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned, what's happening is that abortions by pill, by mail, have tripled. And so I don't understand why they are allowed when Roe v. Wade, it's not legal to perform abortion in this country, <clears throat> at least through the federal government. It's, it's gone back to the state now. Uh, why is it legal to uh, ship uh, an abortion pill that not only will kill the baby but has killed many women? Very, very evil society we live in, Tracy. I would just buy what you can, where you can, from whom you can, and let that go again, unless it's such an obvious, easy choice as deciding not to stand online at Starbucks. <clears throat> I'm going to go back to her article on Tote Friday, and I don't know if I can finish it, but I'd like to. And the reason that this has been so strong with me is that we are under a totalitarian system now. It may not feel like it. I don't think the people under communism, socialism, they couldn't have defined it. It just happens. And then you look back on history, and in hindsight, you see what happens. But it's we're blinded. <clears throat> An entire mass population is blinded. And if you say it wouldn't happen to us, it already has. Overnight, COVID, everyone was blinded. In the medical profession, schools, the church, bishops, priests, everyone was blinded. Uh, Either they were blind to this 
and and didn't think and function outside of this mass propaganda, or they're part of the evil. Uh, one of the two. Um, we cannot become part of the evil through ignorance or be imprisoned with our faith or our life because we refuse to think. Um, uh, Let's see. Um, Let me go back to where we were yesterday. And it's under the subtitle, Understanding Hypnosis. You say, I'm not hypnotized. I know many people who are, and they don't know. They don't know it. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs uh, to refresh us where we were from yesterday. A mass formation is a clinical term that in layman's jargon could simply be translated as a kind of mass hypnosis, which can occur once certain conditions are fulfilled. And people are are hypnotized. They say, no, no, no one's going to do anything to me I don't want. No one's controlling me, but they have. When you are being hypnotized, the first thing the hypnotist will do, and here's where we're repeating two little paragraphs from yesterday, to bring us into the context, the first thing the hypnotist will do is to detach or withdraw your attention from the reality or environment around you. Then, through this hypnotic suggestion, usually a very simple narrative or sentence stated out loud, the hypnotist will focus your full attention on a single point, for instance, a moving pendulum or just his voice. From the perspective of the hypnotized person, It will seem as though reality has vanished. An extreme example of this is the use of hypnosis to make people insensitive to pain during surgery. In that situation, the patient's mental focus is so narrow and intense that they do not notice that their body is being cut into. It seems insane. Twilight Zone. In the same way, it does not matter how many people are injured by the COVID measures because the focus is on COVID and everything else has vanished in psychological terms. People can be killed for not wearing a mask and the hypnotized won't raise an eyebrow. Children can die from starvation and friends can commit suicide from financial desperation. None of it will have a psychological impact on the hypnotized because to them, the plight of others does not register. A perfect example of this psychological blinding to reality is how COVID, COVID jab deaths and injuries are simply unrecognized and not even considered to be causal. People will get the shot, suffer massive injuries, and say, thank goodness I got the shot, or it would have been so much worse. This is blind. They cannot conceive the possibility that they were injured by the shot. I've even seen people express gratitude for the shot when someone they supposedly loved died within hours or days of getting it. It's mind-boggling. The psychological dynamics of hypnosis does explain this irrational and otherwise incomprehensible behavior, but it is still quite surreal. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be back and continue this after the second break because we want to be aware of this. We want to be saved and rescued from this. We want to remain alive, cognitive, and on our toes. So um, 
called in with anything on your heart, toll free 1-877-511-5483. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. And by far the most transforming aspect of this experience was simply coming into the direct knowledge that God himself not only knew me by name, but had been paying attention to me as though I were the only creature he had ever created. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. <clears throat> I am live and um, we are here, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And we are um, trying to conclude an article by Dr. Joseph Mercola on the psychology of um, totalitarianism, and that is um, uh, getting an entire group, a mass civilization of people, uh, to be blinded, basically, to believe uh, what those in control want them to believe. Um, uh, Dr. Desmet said, even while I know the mechanisms uh, at work, I'm still baffled every time it happens. This is uh, Desmet who wrote the book Psychology of Totalitarianism. He says, I almost cannot believe what I see. I know someone whose husband died a few days after the vaccine during his sleep from a heart attack. And I thought, now she'll open her eyes and wake up. Not at all. She just continued in the same fanatic way, even more fanatic, talking about how happy we should be because we have this vaccine. It's unbelievable. 
Mass formation or mass hypnosis can occur when certain psychological conditions, now listen because this is what's been upon us and is coming now again. Mass formation or mass hypnosis, same thing, can occur when certain psychological conditions are present in a large enough portion to society. The four central conditions that need to exist in order for mass formation to arise are. We need to pay attention because that's what has happened with COVID. And it's going to happen with the chip, and it's going to happen, they're trying to make it happen with monkeypox and other things. Fear. Um, The first condition that needs to exist in order for mass formation to arise is widespread loneliness and lack of social bonding, which leads to the second one, experience, experiencing life as meaninglessness, purposelessness, senseless, and or being faced with persistent circumstances that do not make rational sense. And that leads to widespread free-floating anxiety and discontent, anxiety, discontent that has no apparent or distinct cause. And that leads to the fourth, widespread free-floating frustration and aggression. Frustration and aggression have no discernible cause, which results in feeling out of control. You know what I just described? I just described the life I lived before I became a Christian. Loneliness, lack of social bonding, bonding, life was meaningless, purposeless, senseless, Uh, being faced with circumstances that don't make sense. Uh, I had no reason to exist. And most of the world is in that state now. If you are a Christian, beloved, you have every reason to exist. You know the Lord who loved you, who died for you, who rose from the dead, who bought you for himself with his own blood. What is your reason to exist? It is to know, love, and serve God in this world and be happy with him in the next. You have every reason to exist. And you say, well, then why am I not happy? Because you're not knowing, loving, and serving God. That's why. You say, well, you don't know me. How do you know that? I know that. Because when you love and serve God and you know him, you give your life away like he did. You're following Christ. You're another Christ on this earth. That's what a Christian is, a follower of Christ, a learner. And if you're just home going to church on Sunday and staying alone, you're not living the life of a Christian. A Christian needs to spread the gospel. It needs to not keep the news of salvation to himself or herself. It needs to be serving the poor and teaching the faith. It needs to be doing all that. Otherwise, your Christianity is in question. Once a large enough portion of society feels anxious and out of control, that society becomes highly vulnerable to mass hypnosis. And we're in that state now where a large enough portion of society feels anxious and out of control. I'd say most of society feels that way today. Desmond explains social isolation, lack of meaning, free-floating anxiety, Frustration and aggression are highly over, um, 
I'm sorry, highly aversive. Because if people feel anxious without knowing what they feel anxious for, they typically feel out of control. They feel they cannot protect themselves from their own anxiety. And if under these conditions, a narrative is distributed through the mass media indicating an object of anxiety and at the same time providing a strategy to deal with the object of anxiety, then all of this free-floating anxiety might connect to the object of anxiety. And there might be a huge willingness to participate in a strategy to deal with the object of anxiety, no matter how absurd the strategy is. So even if it is clear from the beginning, for everyone who wants to see it, that strategy The strategy to deal with the object of anxiety might claim many more victims than the object of anxiety itself, like COVID. Even then, there might be this huge willingness to participate in a strategy to deal with the object of anxiety. Therefore, that's why everybody's taking the COVID uh, so-called vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Uh, Even though the statistics say that more people have died from the vaccine than have died from COVID itself. I know many people that got COVID. They've never been vaccinated and they get over it in a a week or two days or two months, but they get over it. And they have not been vaccinated. And those who have been vaccinated will simply not look at that reality. That is the first step of every major mechanism of mass formation, whether it concerned the Crusades or the witch hunts or the French Revolution or the beginning of the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany. We see the same mechanism time and time again. There's a lot of free-floating anxiety. Someone provides a narrative that indicates an object of anxiety and a strategy to deal with it. And then all the anxiety connects to the proposed object of anxiety. People participate in a strategy to deal with the object of anxiety that yields a first important psychological advantage. And from then on, people have the impression that they can control their anxiety. It's connected to an object and they have a strategy to deal with it. But this is the problem of social bonding and mass formation. Once people who used to feel lonely, anxious, and out of control start to participate in the strategy presented to them as the solution to their anxiety, a brand new social bond emerges. This then reinforces the mass hypnosis as they now no longer feel isolated and lonely. I'm going to apply this to Mormons, to Jehovah's Witnesses, to many, many cults, not true religions, not the religion that God has given. He gave only one. He has not willed multiple religions. God gave only one religion, only one. No denominations, one religion, Christianity, which is the fulfillment of Judaism, and began... Um, at the Last Supper through the Jewish Messiah, which was the first Mass. The last Passover Supper was the first Mass. 
And through my Christian years, I've seen depressed people, people on social security, on disability, on um, uh, all kinds of uh, medical and and, uh, federal assistance because they're miserable and they're lonely. And better to get this medical and physical assistance, which they need, it's real, but the situation did not have to get that bad and it can be cured. But at least... This way, if they're in a wheelchair, I'm not saying this is the case with everyone, but many, many people, they're lonely, they need someone to love them. And when a Jehovah's Witness will come every week to your house and teach you, and or Mormons, they'll come to your house and teach you, all of a sudden, you have people who love you, who care about you, who are giving you uh, truth in a way that seems very plausible. And after all, they're so nice and they're so kind. How could you not um, adopt what they believe? How could you not? And many people have given up Christianity or gone from atheism to these false religions um, because now they have people who care for them. And they truly believe what these people have told them is true because their lives bear witness to it. And to all that, I say shame on us. Shame on us Catholics that we are willing to live our own lives and not knock on every door and not visit the lonely and not bring the gospel to the world and, and, and go back and back and back and back. So if people know through us that they are loved by God. He's not a one-time visitor. <clears throat> Shame on us for not living our faith. I'm saying it, beloved. We would not have the government we have if Catholics lived their faith. We would not have the evil world we have if Catholics lived their faith. We would not. The stores would be closed on Sunday because it's a day of rest and we wouldn't shop. We wouldn't go to amusement parks on Sunday where people have to work in order for us to have fun. We would stay home with our families or make picnics or go for a ride or get together with other families and pray and sing and dance and read. We would not fill up shopping malls on Sunday. You say, it's the only day I have to myself. Wrong. It's the only day God wants us for himself. You see, we're just not living our faith there once. And that is why the world is in the shape it's in. You see, you're blaming Catholics? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. We are the only true religion. We have what no one has this side of heaven. We have the freedom to proclaim it still. We have the freedom to live it still. And we should be ashamed of what we allow and what we put up with and how we dress like the world, immodest, half-naked. We should be ashamed. No one can tell us apart from the world. Maybe if they go to a Latin parish and they see us all dressed with veils, they can tell us apart. But can they tell you apart on a Wednesday afternoon or a Saturday morning? Is your dress so modest at those times, or do you look like the rest of the world? You say, Mother Miriam, this doesn't sound like you at all. Well, it is me. And we don't have much time. We have a vocation. We have a responsibility to bring the gospel to the world, and no one will believe 
what we say if we don't live it. They won't be interested. And they won't care what we say unless they know that we care. All right, beloved, there's our break. We'll be right back after the break. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexual We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, We are live and we have a whole half hour to ourselves. And I wanted to get a, a more through the article, The Psychology of Totalitarianism, today. But during the break, I looked down the article, and it's much too long for us to finish. So, and, and I know because we've had to run almost two weeks of encores that so many of you have sent in emails waiting so long. Um, dear James, dear one, if you're there, I, I think we'll go to the emails. Okay. Our first email today is from Jesse, who says... I don't know if I committed a mortal sin. I received Holy Communion on the hand at a Novus Ordo Mass. I went to another one today, Sunday, and received it on the tongue. Do I need to go to confession, and did I receive the Eucharist unworthily? Also, how do I know if I received unworthily? What do I look for in me and around me? And I'll pause there and just give you a chance to respond to that, Mother. Okay. um, Jesse... um, in the Novus Ordo, the Church allows reception on the hand. Uh, the norm is reception on the tongue, and so um, I don't 
wish anyone to receive on the hand. It's not that you've received unworthily. The priest has given the host to you unworthily. And anyone else distributing communion at that Novus Ordo Parish has distributed communion unworthily because no one but the hands of a priest, not even a deacon, should touch that consecrated host. Only the consecrated hands of a priest. And so much happens that's unworthy, but you have not committed mortal sin. The church allows it, and uh, you have not committed mortal sin whatsoever. Um, to receive unworthily, which Paul speaks about, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, to receive unworthily is to receive in a state of sin, not in a state of grace. So <clears throat> if you're in a state of mortal sin, that mortal means death, means you're cut off from God, and you're, you're not in communion with him. So to receive communion would be a lie, and you would be committing mortal sin on top of mortal sin. But if you are in a state of grace, even though you may have committed venial sin, you are not receiving unworthily. But if you're venial sin, uh, I would always suggest people confess venial sins, always. Um, because again, the, the, the object of confession is that you are truly taking your sins to God and God through the priest gives you a penance in order to make you whole and enable you to repair the damage that that sin has caused temporarily, temporarily here on earth. So I hope that helps Jesse. And Jesse concludes by saying, I also don't like how the church I go to has everyone wearing masks. I ended up wearing it because I thought it would show humility and obedience to those over me. I'm thinking about avoiding Nova Sordo in general and only going to the Latin mass where I altar serve. Well, I, I would applaud that. I think you should totally avoid the Nova Sordo mass if you can do that. Um, and uh, keep it the Latin mass. No question about it. Um, uh, you know, there are times that, ba based on what city we lived in as our religious community, we just couldn't get to the Latin Mass except for Sundays because of distance and other things. So if you can get to the Latin Mass uh, 100%, then that's what I would do. Um, if you go to the Novus Ordo Mass, um, you are not uh, committing sin, uh, by not wearing the mask, it's not a it's not a lack of humility if you don't wear the mask. You don't need to obey men; you obey God. And if they won't let you into the church unless you wear a mask, well, that's another matter. You make a choice, but you don't need to go along with the Joneses, even if you're the only one in the church without a mask. You don't need to wear it. That's completely up to you. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's not humility on your part to wear a mask. Humility submits ourselves to God and to one another for things that are good and bring us to God. The mask does not. It's a bad idea, um, and uh, I would never encourage anyone to wear it. <clears throat> Our next email today comes from Jean, and Jean says, Dear Mother Miriam, I've been listening to your show for a year now, and I thoroughly enjoy you helping us understand the Catholic faith. I've noticed an increasing trend of young teens and older children ages 10 to 15 in my traditional Catholic parish with dyed hair in loud colors like bright purple, green, etc. I'm surprised by this and I was wondering, what is the Catholic view on unnatural hair colors, multiple piercings, etc., the things that make one stand out? God bless you always, Jean. Jean, God does not, is not pleased with that and he does not approve. 
Um, you say you go to a traditional parish. That would mean the Latin Mass. Novus Ordo is not traditional. So I'm surprised that there would be another number of teenagers in the Latin Mass with all kinds of colored hair and piercings. That would be um, um, that'd be quite odd. Um, but whatever the case, the problem is that parents have stopped parenting. God could not be pleased with that. He does not want us to um, um, distort what he has. He, he loves modesty. He loves simplicity. I think it's Timothy that speaks of and Titus that speaks about women when they had their hair up in the early church and all kinds of jewelry in it and everything. Um, and it's not of God. Piercings are not of God. Tattoos are not of God. Uh, coloring your hair with all different crazy colors, drawing attention to yourself is never of God. Um, that singularity which virtue would draw you from, not to. And so, uh, as Christians, our object needs to be to draw everyone to Christ, not to ourselves, not to a gang, not to wokeness, not to a fad, but to Christ with loveliness, with manliness, with womanliness, masculinity, femininity, not all that that you've just described, Jean. So, um, I don't advise it. It's not my personal opinion. It is um, unworthy. Uh, I often tell people, if you if you really want to know uh, how God thinks of it, picture Mary. Picture Mary piercing everything. Picture her dyeing her hair pink and black and green striped. Picture Joseph doing the same. And you say, well, come on. They didn't do that in those days. How do you know? Yes, they did. They did a lot. Pagan nations in those days did worse than that. And God drew Israel out of that, that they would be a people for his name. And we are the fulfillment of Israel in the Jewish society, in the Jewish Messiah. We are a people for God's name. And we need to look like that, not like the world. Our next email today comes from Chris, and it's actually a few shorter questions kind of clumped together, so I'm going to split these up and give you a chance to answer them as we go. So Chris says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Thank you for your program. It is a valuable resource. I had questions related to confession. So first, Chris asks, If the Lord grants us access to heaven by believing in Jesus and we are sincere in our belief, then why does the Catholic Church advocate advocate for confessing our sins to a priest. Please point me to the scripture that backs up the Catholic Church's position. I'd like you, um, uh, Chris, to back up your statement that God grants us access to heaven by believing in Jesus. You need to back that up first. You'll not find that in the Bible. Not anywhere. Um... You will not get into heaven without believing in Jesus. But there are a lot of people that believe in Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, cults, a lot of Jewish people that believe he was a very good prophet. But they don't understand that he's God. A lot of people believe in Jesus. That does not get us into heaven. And so, Chris, you need to study uh, the scriptures that you believe in. And know that God says, if we, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all 
unrighteousness. Um, let me just get a, a couple more. Romans says the same. We need to confess. Um, hold on now. Um, God says, um, hold on now. Let me see. I'm looking up some verses here. Um, I don't know them all by heart. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, let me get a few more on confession. You know, um, uh, let me let me get some here. But you know, we can't if if you. Um, how do I say? Well, read First John to begin with. Um, if you if you claim to be a First John is written to Christians, and uh, it's actually written to a woman in the first century. And if you call yourself a Christian, and you continue. Uh, in certain sins, uh, there's no heaven for you. Uh, Apostle Paul uh, is writing it to the Corinthians. I'm trying to look up verses while I'm talking to you. Um, Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians, who were a very immoral group. Um, let me just see here. Hold on. Um, and uh, he, it was the first church he founded. And after they were Christians, after he founded them, they were lying with each other's wives and brothers and mothers and fathers and committing all signs, all kinds of, of uh, sin. And he said, none of you are getting it to heaven. Not homosexuals, not slanderers, not gossipers, not murderers, none of you. You call yourself a Christian because you say you believe in Jesus. There's no heaven for you. It is the obedience of faith, Romans 2.4. I can't find what I'm looking for. I'm just going to, it's the obedience of faith. Paul said he wrote the book of Romans to talk about the obedience of faith. John wrote in chapter 3, those who believe have eternal life. Those who do not believe will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And in the original language, believe and obey is the exact same Greek word to say that those who believe have eternal life, those who do not obey, same thing. If you don't obey, you don't believe. If you believe, you obey. It's the obedience of faith. And so um, not just believing in Jesus, we must, we must confess our sins. In fact, James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Um, I'm, I'm looking for, again, there's all kinds. Um, <clears throat> they, we need to confess our sins. Um, oh, dear. I, um, Acts chapter 19, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. There's no forgiveness. There's no salvation without confession. Um, because of the service by which you have Proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. 2 Corinthians 9.13. 1 um, uh, Corinthians, First uh, uh, Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Um, uh, Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord 
must turn, 2 Timothy 2.19, must turn away from wickedness. And so we can be baptized into Christ. We can be saved from hell and sin and Satan and all of that on this earth. The process of salvation is a process of sanctification. We are we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. It's past, present, and future. And if you believe in Jesus, Chris, you sin along the way. Nobody, anyone who says they do not sin is without truth altogether. But when we sin, we must confess it. Otherwise, there's no salvation. We need to confess our sins that we are forgiven. Um, uh there's the music for a break. I'm going to make one more. Chris, I know you asked other questions, but this is very important. When we come back from the break, I'll make one more point on this. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. beloved this is mother miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests you can tune in to sermons for everyday living every day at 6 a.m eastern on the station of the cross you can listen on the station of the cross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic radio mobile app god bless you Ten years suspended from public masses. Padre Pio, stigmatist, a walking crucifix, falsely accused by a local ordinary, his bishop. Ten years without public mass, ten years without public confessions. And after it was all over, he said, even when the church scourges, she's still our mother. We will be tested in the months to come, even in the years to come. That's Sermons for Everyday Living, weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Join the Station of the Cross every Saturday morning at 9 after the 8 a.m. Holy Mass and Sunday afternoons at 2 for a teaching episode on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll learn the essential and fundamental content of our Catholic faith and morals in a complete and concise way with clarity and charity. That's Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 2 here on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Media Network, and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, uh, dear ones, to Mother Mir- Miriam Live. Um, and uh, we have been uh, in the middle of an email from Chris, who um, 
Uh, repeat uh, Chris's uh, question, first question, dear James, please. So Chris says, if the Lord grants us access to heaven by believing in Jesus and we are sincere in our belief, then why does the Catholic Church advocate for confessing our sins to a priest? Please point uh, me to the scripture that backs up the Catholic Church's position. Okay, well, first, uh, we said many things before the break, James, and I want to go on to your other questions, but James, uh, in the scripture, summed it up, faith without works is dead. And there is no one who is a Christian, a true Christian, who believes in Jesus, who will not admit that they sin. And they will understand that Jesus died for all our sins. What they don't understand in the Protestant world is that we need to confess for our actual sins uh, that we have committed since baptism. Um, and the temporal sins, what our Lord did on the cross was pay for the sins that separated us from God. And But we continue to sin on earth and to offend him. And we must be forgiven for those sins. And if we refuse to confess them and do penance on earth, then we will do that in purgatory, that we may enter into heaven with no sin, no stain on our soul. That that take a lot more conversation, but let's go on to Chris's next question, dear James. So the next question is, if we confess our sins directly to God through prayer, is this not what God would want? In other words, direct communication to him without an intermediary? Uh-huh, 100%. He wants us to confess our sins to him. If we are in mortal sin, Chris, which as a Protestant, you, you wouldn't understand that perhaps, I don't know, but um, mortal means dead. And First John says there's a sin unto death. Um, if it's mortal that we have committed a, a grave enough matter willfully under full consciousness that we know will separate us from God. And then we cannot confess directly to God because he won't hear us. He is, we are separated from him. He's made that very clear. He will only hear us through a priest. It's the only way to be reconciled to him. Um, and so, um, other than that, yes, you can confess all your sins to God, but I would also say, Chris, have you ever gotten sick or you've been looking for a job or a certain school or something you've desired? Have you ever asked a friend to pray for you? I bet you have. And has the friend said, what are you asking me for? Don't you go to directly to Jesus? Of course you go to Jesus. But we, God has given us, Apostle Paul pray, says, pray for all men everywhere. God has given intermediaries f to pray for. And so, yes, we have the saints to pray for us. We have the saints on earth and suffering in purgatory and alive in heaven to pray for us as well. And yes, we can go right to Jesus for sure as well. And the final part of the question says, where in the Bible is there a ranking of sins as capital, venial, mortal, mortal etc.? Okay. Um, not capital, just venial and mortal. Uh, mortal is death. Uh, other, other sins are venial, meaning that they don't separate us from God. Mortal sin does. And let me um, see if I can, First John, um, let me just see if I can find the reference for you uh, for mortal sin. Hold on, I'm so sorry to do this. 
I used to know everything by heart, but I don't know everything by... No, I never knew everything by heart. That's crazy. Um, and I know even less now by heart. Hold on. Mortal sin. Let me... It's First John... Um, Okay. Let me just see if I can get to a verse. I'm sorry to hold you like that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not getting to it. I'm so sorry. One second here. I may have to look it up. Um and it, it's been mortal sin uh, has been a part of uh, Christian message right, 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 right from the from the beginning. Um, let me see. Um, in fact, I'm looking up an article here that mortal mortal sin was believed right from the beginning, right up to the Reformation, with uh, Martin Luther and such. Um, because they came out with the doctrine, once saved, always saved, which you'll never find anywhere in Scripture, once saved, always saved. Um, uh, let's see now. The early church fathers were unanimous in teaching the reality of mortal sin. Um, the church taught that baptism saves you. However, since during the... Per uh, I can't read all this. I'm so sorry. Um there are examples of what early Christian writers had to say about the subject of mortal sin. I can give you all that. i tell you what, Chris, um, I'm not finding it right now. We don't have one more. Um, um, there's a sin unto death in 1 John. Just read 1 John. I think it's chapter 5. Uh, go ahead and read that. Um, and then go to the website catholic.com. And type in mortal sin, catholic.com, right on the best apologetics website um, in the world. Type in uh, mortal sin, and, um, uh, and it will give you everything to do with mortal sin, okay? Um, and there are three conditions for, why sin ha when, for when sin is mortal. Uh, three conditions. So murder is not mortal sin. Mortal sin has three conditions. It must be grave, very serious grave matter, which murder is. But there's two other conditions. Someone has to know it's grave and would be mortal, meaning death separate him from the life of God. So it needs to be grave. They need to know it's grave. And thirdly, they need to do it of their own volition. They need to be free to do it, not, not drunk, not with a gun in their back, um, all of that. And so um, if it's grave, if the person knows it's grave, meaning it'll separate from God if they go ahead and willfully do it, um, and they do it anyway of their own volition, let's say two people are dating, and they want to get together intimately, sexually, and they're not married, they know it's great. Let's say they're Catholic. And let's say they know that um, intimacy outside of marriage is a grave sin. And yet they know it, and they decide to do it, and they're, they're, they haven't gotten drunk after dinner. They, they're of their, their own, their right minds. They know it's going to separate it from God. 
They know it's the church teaching, whether they fully believe it or not. They know it, and they freely enter into it. Both those people, the man and the woman, have entered into mortal sin. If they die in their sleep, they will be in hell because they have freely chosen to cut themselves off from God. So um, at the moment, 1 John chapter 5, I'm thinking verse 17, but I would need to look it up. Um, so James, let's go on to, to the next one if we have. And I just want to get the very tail end of that email out here as we hear our closing music come in. Oh, dear. And that says, I would agree that murder is probably the most damaging sin, but that's just my opinion. Some of the other rankings should be backed up by scripture, in my opinion. Otherwise, it's just some other people's opinions. And who's to say which opinion is more valuable to God than others? Thank you, Chris. Well, Chris, you're giving your opinion. If you say that murder is probably the most damaging sin, you're not going to back that up by scripture either. Um, I tell you what, uh, you homosexuality is is on the line with murder because you destroy someone's soul, which is much worse than destroying his body. And so look at 1 Corinthians and look at the list of sins um, uh, in which no one will enter heaven and you will get a list of grave sins. God bless all of you. Have a good weekend and we'll speak with you, God willing, on Monday.